The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So what I'd like to do this evening as, part, as the beginning part of this talk time is to do a guided meditation with you. And um, it's a guided meditation on mindfulness. Mindfulness is the key practice that we do here at IMC and it's very important in Buddhism. And some of you know that it's entered into popular culture with uh, you know, clinical uses of it in many ways way beyond its Buddhist uh, origins. And um, I'd like to take you back to the time of the Buddha a little bit, to how he taught mindfulness, at least how I think he taught it, which is maybe a little different from how it's come down to us, how Buddhists in the modern world teach it, and how it's come into the secular world. um, Nothing wrong with the fact that it's changed. Everything will change. Things change over time for good reason. It might be interesting to go back and see how the Buddha uh, taught it uh, in a a kind of guided meditation. And in preparation for that guided meditation, to tell you that, uh, or to suggest that one of the great questions for any human life is to understand uh, something about how we are, not what we are. Uh, Buddhism tends not to be interested in the question, who are you or what are you? But rather it's interested in the question, how are you? how do you feel? How do you act? How, how do you go about your life? And so this is an exploration about the how more than the what or the who. And in particular, it's an exploration of the how we are when we're aware. Uh, what is awareness? Uh, and awareness is, an, is famously difficult to define what awareness or consciousness is. But uh, even so, we u- utilize it all the time. And uh, we, uh, most people, a lot of people, will use it much of the time without any reflection about what awareness is, how they're using it. They um, usually we're so concerned about what we're aware about, what we're aware of, that we don't we don't don't notice that we are aware. Like maybe an example, reading a really good book or watching a really engaging movie, um, you're so involved with the story that you're, you you know. It's the last thing you think about that you're aware right now. Just that's just taken for granted. You're aware, and the story is so interesting. And um, or you really want something, or you're really afraid of something, um, or you really hate something. You, you often we're so caught up in the thing we're doing. We're having an intense conversation within a friend, and we're involved in the conversation. We don't step back and say, "Well, it's happening through the medium of being of awareness. That, that the fact that you know what's going on to be able to respond." Um, in fact, sometimes if you stay, sometimes some people, if, they stay, if you become too self-reflective about your the nature of awareness while you're doing some difficult things, you probably trip over your legs. I mean, imagine it's some. Anyway, so we often don't pay much attention to awareness itself. What Buddhism says, or what we suggests, is that there's something very imp- important and significant about the how we are in relationship to our awareness being aware. And uh, awareness is kind of like a treasure that if we become more aware of it and develop it in a certain way, it lends itself, leads itself as a path to freedom. So what I'd like to do is this guided meditation is um, kind of uh, offer you a, my understanding of how the Buddha taught mindfulness practice. And uh, 
then we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay? So, the thing to do is to so get into a meditation posture, to sitting upright. And, um, and it might be helpful, in particular for this meditation, to uh, sit with a posture that's certainly comfortable, but hopefully that's comfortable and also expresses alertness. A little bit of an energetic uprightness, perhaps in the spine. And gently close your eyes. In order to settle in, taking a few long, deep breaths, relaxing your body as you exhale. Breathing in and settling in as you exhale. And then letting your breath return to normal and feel the contact of your body against your chair or your cushion. Feeling the weight of your body and the pull of gravity and the contact as a way to feel yourself in this spot, this time, in this place. The lived life that we can know and experience is always in the present. And this is an exploration of our lived life. And then moving through your body with awareness. And if there's any place, obvious places that you can relax at this point, Maybe you can soften your body a bit around your eyes, your forehead, jaw, soften the shoulders, relax your belly. Sometimes here in the modern world, we, in English, we distinguish between doing and being. Doing is when we're in an intentional activity that we're doing and creating and engaging actively with a lot of projects and things. Sometimes there's a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of doing in the mind planning and imagining and fantasizing and wanting and so on one hand there's doing and the other hand there's being and being is not something we do it's something we are and sometimes people talk about resting in being giving up all the doing that we can do 
before we go any further, if you feel your way, sense your way through your body, not your mind and your thoughts, is there some reference point, some way of sensing or intuiting what it's like to be right now, as opposed to trying to accomplish something? Relax, allow, open up, receive. Let yourself be, not needing to be anything different. In English also we make the distinction between, sometimes between listening and hearing. If we want someone to listen, we tell them to listen, listen. And listen to that sound, directs their attention, they do something with their attention. It's active to listen. Hearing is more passive, more receptive. If you're you're relaxed, the ears will hear. We can hear things, things can occur without any effort on our part, even without any directing attention. But hearing just arises with certain sounds. We also make a distinction between seeing and looking. Looking is more active. Look, you might, someone might say. We direct our attention. Seeing, <clears throat> the eyes can just see. If we're relaxed and the eyes are open for most of us, <clears throat> the eyes will just see, see whatever's in front of them without any effort. The same distinction can exist with awareness. It's possible to direct awareness, to do awareness, to be mindful. So we can say direct our mindfulness, like direct your mindfulness to the breath. Direct your mindfulness to feel your body. And it's a doing. It's a directing, there's an intention behind it. But there's also awareness, a certain kind of mindfulness, that is not, doesn't require any doing at all. But if you're relaxed, you'll be aware, unless you fall asleep. You don't have to do anything to be aware. Sounds occur. 
when the Buddha talked about mindfulness, he talked about it more as a way of being. It was a state of being that we, he used the language of entered into, or abided in, or dwelled in. He didn't talk about directing mindfulness or doing mindfulness, but rather abiding in awareness, abiding in mindfulness. More as a state of being than a doing. And as we're here, can you explore on your own, in your way, mostly by letting go and relaxing and opening up, explore the nature of awareness, of your ability to be aware, that doesn't require effort, except the effort to let go and open up. Give yourself permission Stop thinking about things and doing. Not feel like you have to direct anything, but be willing to let whatever comes into awareness to arise. Because the point is not what you're aware of. The point right now is to sense and feel the beingness of awareness. What do you need to let go of so you can just be with what is and appreciate the beingness of awareness? Gently, as things come into awareness, very gently, tenderly, let there be a knowing of what that is. Not a lot of work, not so active, almost as a natural thing. But in, in the resting in awareness, the things that arise in awareness, gently know what they are. Calmly. Be aware of your body sensations. 
they arise in the field of awareness. And they gently know the sensations being there. There can, there can be the experience of breathing. And gently know that you're breathing. can hear sounds and know there are sounds. There are thoughts, you can know there are thoughts. But don't get so involved with what you can know. Stay in the field of awareness and there's just a sense of being here and aware. But in the midst of that awareness, just calmly, quietly know what arises in awareness. And perhaps the only do, real doing you need to do for the next few minutes is to let go of doing. Let go of the doings of your thoughts, of wanting things to be a certain way, trying to accomplish anything or prove anything. Just let go, relax. Allow for awareness, the natural awareness. When you, you don't have to be aware, or act aware, almost as if you are awareness. It's just a quality of consciousness, attentiveness, which just is, permeates everything. Not the kind of knowing that's from the control tower and the thinking center, but an awareness that's more like sensing or feeling, the feeling of awareness, the openness, boundlessness of attention.
And then to end the sitting, you can take some deep breaths, feel your body from the inside, feel the floor, your chair. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. in which mindfulness is taught, the way mindfulness instruction is given. And one of the common ways in the modern world, um, certainly not universal, but a common way is that mindfulness is described as um, uh, knowing what's happening in the present moment as it's happening. And so the, the emphasis is on knowing. Um, and, maybe, and knowing can be a little bit more active than being aware, awareness can kind of be more like um, hearing and uh, to know more actively is like, like listening. And some people will take this instruction um, to heart quite and interpret in such a way that um, they're very active in their mind. They're in the present moment, but they're very actively kind of noting things, being aware of things moment by moment. And it, the one form is by what's called a mental noting, which is a very useful tool for mindfulness practice. But some people will take the noting to be the only thing that mindfulness is. Just note this, note this, note this, mean hear sound, or breath, and it's kind of like it's active kind of mental quality of notings, um, which is what's giving priority to the knowing faculty of the mind. But it can be done in an active way. The way the Buddha talked about um, the practice of mindfulness as opposed to mindfulness itself. Mindfulness itself is a faculty, a particular functioning of the mind, or of awareness. The, um, uh, the mindfulness practice is a little bit more involved, and it would be similar to the um, idea of difference between uh, running and running practice. If you, if you tell someone that you run, or someone tells you, uh, tells you that they run, that doesn't tell you much information. It doesn't tell you whether they're running after a bus, running from the police, or if they're, you know, what kind of run, just running, right? It doesn't tell you much. But if they say that they're doing a running practice, then you, uh, you know, to train themselves in running, then you get a sense a little bit closer. It means they're not running after a bus, or not being chased by the police. It means they probably have a, a regiment that they're following, a kind of training program. They're probably running to condition themselves to develop strength or whatever. They probably have a um, you know, schedule, they, have, they do it regularly, and it kind of narrows the field, the, the, the options of what running is. And it involves other things besides running, um, um, the training does. So mindfulness practice or mindfulness training involves more than, um, involves several things. And the two primary things involves, it involves mindfulness and it involves what's called clear comprehension, or knowing. I think Andrea talked about that here, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, the act of actually knowing what's happening in the moment. And these two qualities are, are in the Buddhist uh, teachings are distinct. And when he, the Buddha talked about mindfulness, he never gave people the instructions 
to actively be mindful of something. You can now be mindful of your breathing, be mindful of this, be mindful of that. Um, the, um, uh, what he did do is say now be, to know certain things, know, comprehend, know your breathing, know your body sensations. Um, so the, word, the language of knowing became very important for him. But he, um, that's the more active part. And the more passive part was the mindfulness. The verbs that the Buddha used for mindfulness were verbs of enter mindfulness, um, abide in mindfulness, dwell in mindfulness, establish mindfulness. Um, it's kind of like uh, falling, in, being in love. Um, generally, the way people think, and I don't know if everybody thinks this way, but I think the way a culture of people consider love, um, it's more like how we are, we love, as opposed to like, okay, now I'm actively going to love you. Like, you know, you, you have someone that, you know, a partner, and okay, I'm going to turn it on and love you now. <laughs> it doesn't, that's probably not very satisfying for, you know, your partner. It's more like they, they, should, they should be loving. They should like, be who they are almost, right? They should be natural and easy. It shouldn't be like they've got to they work at it suddenly, you know. Okay, got to do the love thing. I'm, I'm going to get some coffee first so I can be sure that I can, you know, have the energy to, you know, do this thing thing. You know, it doesn't quite work, right? It's like it's supposed to be more like kind of a state that we're in. And people talk about a state of love or a state that we're in. And... and um, so mindfulness is a little bit more like a state of awareness or attention. Um, and so the idea is to establish that state. And the way that that state is established is in, uh, in the teachings of the Buddha is two ways. One is just to call it up, or to, it's, he uses the word to establish it. And, um, and establish maybe has a lot to do with just letting go, uh, or evoking it, or kind of just showing up in a full way. Sometimes just showing up and you can just kind of feel like you're present. It's kind of, and there it is, and you're there present. Or um, you, you, uh, uh, you establish it through the practice of knowing. And the, the most detailed descriptions of the mindfulness practice is this discourse of the, uh, called the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And it, almost all the instructions there have to do with knowing knowing different parts of our experience. But it's, it's knowing that occurs after we're told to establish the mindfulness, to enter into mindfulness. And maybe it's a little bit technical for people who don't know this tradition so well, but um, one of the most common places where mindfulness, the word mindfulness occurs in the teachings of the Buddha is uh, in strong states of concentration, where often we talk about the states of concentration. Um, and uh, when the mind gets very, very concentrated, it's more like we're dwelling in a state of unification, of composure, of presence, of focus. And in those very strong states of concentration, uh, the Buddha talked about mindfulness being purified or mindfulness being established. So this idea is almost like a, more like a state. And so what I tried to offer you in this guided meditation was the idea that um, it's kind of akin to an awareness which is not a doing, but a being. A state that we can be if we relax and don't try so much. In fact, to try a lot gets in the way of it. Um, so, um, and then with that established, it's kind of mostly letting go of the doing part 
and relaxing and opening up and allowing for awareness to be there, things will come into awareness. And then in addition to that, in that field of awareness, there can be then the knowing. You can know what you can know what is happening. And if it's choiceless what you pay attention to, just whatever randomly comes to, into awareness, you just know there's now a sound, now an itch, now a thought, now an emotion. So whatever, you just kind of... It's very easy then to get pulled into what we know is happening. We hear the sound outside and we wonder what the conversation is about. And we kind of think maybe it's more interesting than the conversation I'm having in my head. So let me try to listen harder and... You know, and suddenly we're kind of like involved in that conversation over there and we've forgotten to be aware or be present because we've gotten involved. Or we have an itch and we start thinking about it. Certainly it must be, it's time for me to go see my dermatologist. I'm probably going to, you know, I probably have skin cancer. And we, and we start thinking about, you know, which dermatologist to go to. And, and then before we know it, the bell rings to end the sitting. And, and you say, oh, I'm here at IMC. Um... So it's, so a lot of it has to do with letting go and relaxing and not getting caught in what we know, but staying relaxed and composed and open so we don't get pulled into it and caught by it. Just to know it, so that we talk about just know it very, very simply, the experience. But to know it in such a simple, uninvolved way that we stay in this general field, the state of awareness that allows things to come. The last thing I'll say about this is that once we have this kind of some, some modicum, a little bit of this sense of mindfulness established, it's also, it is possible to direct the attention to certain things. Um, and so th- what they, they can exist together, both a passive and active uh, activities of the mind. There can uh, be together a receptive mode and a, an active mode. Maybe similar to that of, of floating, Floating to some degree, to, you know, 90% of floating is for, you know, if you float in water and put your hands out wide and float, especially if it's salt water, you know, it's pretty easy to hold your body up. And it's, a lot of it has to do with just allowing the water to hold you up. And once you're floating there, you can kind of gently paddle your hands and you can move through the water. You can both have this passive receiving and resting in the water and you can also paddle lightly and move. The two, the two can coexist. So the same thing when we do this meditation practice of mindfulness, it's possible to, the, to have this coexistence of these two mental fa- uh, functionings, relaxing and opening and just being very receptive and just being and very gently kind of knowing what's there. And sometimes the knowing can be very precise and focused, sometimes it's very relaxed. So, is this making any sense? So what was I'd like to hear from some of you? What was it like to do that, that uh, be, do that guided meditation? Uh, did, did this uh, point to something interesting for you in terms of the nature of your awareness and and how to use awareness? Yeah. <laughs> His name is Michael. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, I have a question regarding this specific guided meditation, and we try to bypass our, our sensory system like touch, vision, we close our eyes, hearing or smelling, taste, and we engage a different kind of sense, which uh, senses the, that movement of you know, our internal organs according to the breathing energy. But you engaged us in um, using our vision 
or hearing. So my question is, why did you do that? And so um, it's possible to to be aware, to rest in awareness, and awareness happens th- partly through the me- medium of all our senses. So uh, if you're aware, if you just rest in awareness and if your eyes are open, you'll see sometimes, you'll hear sometimes, you'll taste sometimes, you'll smell sometimes, you'll experience a tactile experience sometimes, and sometimes you'll, you'll know in open awareness uh, the activities of the mind, the thoughts that you're having. So it's kind of like awareness and the senses are not so separate from each other. So if, if, the, if, if what you're doing is resting in a state of awareness that's open and relaxed, then that awareness will happen through the medium or through the, 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 the channels of all, these, the, all, our, all our senses. Does that, make, does that answer you? Um, no, it doesn't, unfortunately. But um, there are certain words that are very abstract. Yeah. If we uh, think about them, it doesn't look like it's going to go anywhere, like awareness, consciousness. Right. Um, shouldn't we buy, you know, just put them aside, just focus see how these things are moving up and down inside us? Yeah, that's a good, it's a very good question, and it's true that the words like awareness and consciousness are abstract and uh, notoriously difficult for like scientists to discover what in the world are they? What is it? Um, but I think most people have an intuitive sense of what it is. Um, uh, and perhaps, the fact that it's intuitive doesn't mean that it's real. Um, but it's, you know, it's still something, the idea of being aware and um, and it's distinct from uh, it's a kind of a relaxed it can be a relaxed state that's distinct from the particular act of knowing and so it seems that holding these two together holding the uh, it's, um, awareness is more like a presence of mind so you're having you establish a presence of mind a presence of awareness a presence of attention and with that presence of attention then you can do things in that state then you can direct your attention to particular areas. And what I, what I found is that um, um, uh, it's very helpful to uh, establish a relaxed state of presence, of awareness, of open consciousness, and from that place direct the attention to pay attention to, to follow the instructions of paying attention to the breath or the body, whatever. Because um, uh, then I don't get uh, contracted and tight in my mind, focusing or trying to do too much. And I stay kind of like relaxed. It's kind of like the difference, I don't know, I, I like the idea of kind of being in the passenger seat of a car versus the driver. So the idea of kind of just kind of stay in that kind of open, receptive, non-doing place and then know from there. And, uh, and uh, it's very easy for me to get too involved in the doing part of it, to you know, to get too involved, and in it becomes a technique. It becomes a, a lot of can be, it can be a lot of doing mindfulness if you just like okay now the instructions say now don't do the breath and okay and then he said be aware of the body let's do the body for a while and then the emotions let's do the emotions it's like it's just and that you're supposed to know the emotions and, and note it okay I've noted it and then I'm supposed to feel it and where it, and I'm supposed to know where it's going and it's a very active process for some people. And that active process gets in the way of relaxing and settling really deeply and having a, a clear seeing of what's there because we're overlaying our, our kind of bias or what we on top of it. 
So, so anyway, so for me, it's been very helpful, this idea of settling back, settling back, and being much, have a, establishing a kind of open presence of mind. And then from there, uh, knowing what's there, and, it's, and when it's not getting contracted or leaning forward into my experience to relax back. So I don't know if that's... Someone else? Can you pass the mic back? Um, I've been, I guess, playing with this kind of quality of, of definiteness, of knowing where my attention is. Um, I've noticed there's areas in my body where there's a lot of pain and tension. And it seems like if I'm doing, um, if I have like an, a little bit of a note, like counting the breath or something, and I can be very clear where my attention is, it can help to keep my attention from getting pulled into that pain, that tension, and actually support a certain relaxation. But then if there's like a little bit too much bearing down with the directing the attention, then it, it, it also creates this more tension. So it seems like the, the, the definiteness and clarity can both be a support for not uh, creating more tightness in mm-hmm. the body and also can create more tightness. Great. So yes, it seems like a both end. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is, this, I mean, the important thing for me is we keep exploring a curious and awareness and attention and knowing and all these things, things we do in the practice are all tools that can be used in many different ways and they have their time and place. When knowing, the, when the, with the capacity to really see and know clearly is really strong, then we're not entangled with what we know. If we're entangled with what we know, if we know something and we don't like it, we don't, we, or we think something's to happen, we have to fix it, we're, and, um, then it can be, uh, suffering can occur quickly. But if knowing becomes so strong that we can know and not be entangled, know and kind of be distinct from it in a certain kind of way, then it can be freeing, then things can loosen up. And one of the things we're aiming for in mindfulness practice is to allow the knowing to become certainly precise, um, becomes very precise as the practice gets stronger. Um, and, uh, but uh, it's precise, but it's unentangled. And in modern uh, vocabulary, we talk about non-reactive awareness, uh, not judging the experience, not being reactive to it, but this idea of unentangled knowing. So it's, it's meant to be very simple. It's just, and it, it gives a lot of permission for things to be there, but there's also, we're kind of not uh, caught in it or reactive to it. And uh, and then I think that then things can be a lot easier. Maybe one more before we end. If someone wants to share a little bit what it was like to do that meditation, was it difficult to do? It was late in the evening, or was it? Did it give you a different perspective that that you hadn't had before? Or? I want to thank you for the meditation. I think that was wonderful. Um, part of um, my practice has been resting in that place for a while, and it's nice to, in a way, have a framework for it, and I appreciate that very much. Um, 
I th- sort of came around to this place um, by just the sense of awe when you were out walking or in, the, in nature. It, it's that total absorption in being for, present for that moment for what it is for me. Uh, and to, to be able to rest in that is a, a very relaxing thing. And just I wanted to thank you for sharing that. Yeah, nature, nature for some people is a way to sometimes access this non-doing, just being, and be open, relaxed, spacious, and, and um, it just we, we just are aware rather than trying to be aware. So I hope that this uh, guided meditation gave you a little taste of something, and and also tr- uh, try to explain some little bit the, the structure and the dy- dynamics of what happens in mindfulness practice. And uh, as people do mindfulness practice, there's a, over time, there's a, um, a, a shifting balance between uh, when the emphasis is on uh, relaxed presence of mind, open attention, awareness, and when the emphasis is on clear, precise knowing of what it is we're aware of. And uh, these two go hand in hand and support each other as the practice deepens. And... Um, and at some point, when the knowing is clear enough, strong enough, and we really are independent or not unentangled with what we know, um, it becomes easy and easier to also feel the strong sense of presence. The stronger the sense of present of open awareness, uh, at some point, um, uh, the natural functioning of a mind which involves knowing something can also operate. And so, sometimes one is strong, sometimes the other. Sometimes they're a little imbalanced. And, when, and uh, one is needed to be brought, brought in to bring it into balance. We find our way through this practice. So mindfulness practice is not just one thing. It involves different mental fa- fa- uh, factors. So I hope this made sense. And for those of you, this didn't make any sense at all <coughs> today. Um, uh, it's fine to just uh, forget what happened today. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and um, come back and try another time. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>